You're listening to Racing Nation with James O'Shea. Joining me next from Mediality Racing to help us find a few winners across the country, it's Jack Smallhorn. How are you? Hey, James. Good to speak with you again. How you been? Yeah, very good. Great to have you back. It's been a... Well, both of us had a bit of a bit of time in the spelling paddock. Hopefully, we come back fresh and ready to roll. Yeah, it's 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 hard. It's hard first up. I don't know how these horses feel now when they're, when they're first up after a bit of a spell. <laughs> so we'll see how we go first up on Saturday. But I'm I'm tipping. Um, we'll get our eye in on Saturday and then and then warm up um, towards the you know the middle end of the carnival and the, or the end of the carnival. Yeah, no, it's a great time coming up with racing in Sydney, and that's certainly the showcase this weekend. Let's see if we can help us find a few winners. First of all, at Sydney, so uh, we'll have a look across two states, both um, with big meetings at, at Randwick and, of course, also at Caulfield, but we'll start at Randwick. Always good to kick off with the winner in the first, and you think you can do that for us in the first at Randwick. What is it, the midway first? Yeah. Up, so, yeah, yeah well, some of the big guns are, are back on the track on Saturday, but we're going um, we're gonna to kick off in race one in, in the midway uh, and try and build a bank for the day. They're a bit tricky, these midways and, and the highways as well for the country. For for those that don't know, the midways are, are sort of your, your provincial, sort of lower-class city horses, midweek sort of level-class horses, and then your highways are just for the country horses. So it can be a little tricky finding the winner, but I think I've found uh, this week's winner in our Mary Ann from the Clary Connors stable. Uh, she looks beautifully placed here to win Saturday's midway. She's only lightly raced and by Frankel, so nicely bred, um, and had a stack of support first up and, and did the bright thing by the punters to, to come from the back and, and win that race quite impressively. She only arrived late, but she, she was really strong that last 100 metres and um, yeah, powered past them late. She's got a stack of upside as well, which is the thing I like about finding horses in these sort of races. A lot of the time you can get those horses who have had 30, you know, 35 starts who are just sort of whacking away, but she's only lightly raced with, with a heap of improvement, you know, so... Yeah, I think she's going to be contesting races that are a lot stronger than midways in the future. So I'm happy to jump on her on Saturday at around the $6 mark um, from a great barrier with Josh Parr in the saddle um, and kick us off with a winner on Saturday. And, and as I say, build that little bit of a bank for later in the afternoon. The one thing I'll say that's probably worth noting is five of these 13 runners engaged in this race are dual acceptors. So we've got um, we've got a meeting at Canterbury on Friday, which sort of, you know, throws the cat amongst the pigeons a little bit with these um these scratchings so yeah maybe just wait till sunday morning until we get the final makeup of the field before you bet to save yourself copying a, a heap of deductions but yeah i think she's the way to go in the first hour marianne and, and definitely a horse that we can uh, probably follow during the carnival our marianne to kick us off race one horse number seven let's go down to a couple of the features on the day one of those being race number six it is the Eskimo Prince Stakes, it's a Group 3, it's over 1,200 metres. As you can imagine, a number of horses resuming and a number of high-profile horses resuming in this. So it will be a very interesting edition of the Eskimo Prince. Yeah, this is a cracking edition. Um, yeah, I haven't haven't seen one as strong in this in the last couple of years. We've got the, um, the Caulfield Guineas winner, Griff returning, and, and the Spring Champion Stakes winner in Tom Kitten. And then... The interesting runner here for me is um, the filly, Macarena, who won the Tap Craig um, at her last start in the spring before going for a spell. So she's got a big boom on her. Um, as far as speed goes in this race, I think Griff will probably kick up from um, from an inside gate and find the front on the fence. And then Moravia probably uh, strides across and, and camps outside him. And then you've got uh, NCAP from um, the Gary Portelli stable who looks to get a nice trail behind them. So... 
I'm expecting them to go at a solid tempo, but I, I, they're not going to go silly here with so many of these being first up with bigger fish to fry in the autumn. But, um, yeah, I think they'll go at a, at a good enough speed for us. Now, it could be going off one run too early here, but I, I just can't ignore the price they've put up about Celestial Legend um, in this race. I'm, I'm really confident this horse will stamp himself as one of the better three-year-olds in the country over the next couple of months. First up, the last campaign, he ran an eye-catching second to the... Um, subsequent Coolmore stud stakes winner Osmosis and then he went to the Roman Consul where he, he performed very well without having much luck. He got back and, and was forced wide that day and, and ran home really well but it was that one of those classic Rose Hill in run, uh, fence in run days where you just you had to be on the rails or towards the inside to have any chance. So as I said he got back that day and had to come wide but still did a really good job to, to run home and be beaten just over two lengths um, against the buyer. So Lethbridge trains him, who's a very astute trainer and, you know, obviously had some great horses over the years. So he's been really patient with this horse, you know, in the spring and, and the autumn prior. I reckon he's just, everything's pointed to this autumn carnival and, and now's his time to shine. So they, they put up $10 on Wednesday, which has been snapped up now. I think he's into $7, but I still think that's a great price and uh, definitely mm. a, a little bit over the odds. So happy to play him. I, yeah, I think he's definitely one to, one to play on Saturday and then follow through the carnival. Um, best of the rest, Griff, Griff and Moravia do look to receive nice runs on the speed. As I said, I don't think they're going to drive each other mad up there and, and they're definitely going to give a sight and take some running down. The other one at the pointy end of the market is Tom Kitten. Um, I really like him as a horse and, and we had a good win on him in the spring champion last year. I just think, even though he won the up and coming first up um, last campaign, I just think he might be a little bit more dour. Um, as he's getting a bit older and, and just might be looking for a little bit further now. So I think he could find these a little bit too sharp over 1,200 metres, but he's definitely the horse to watch for the races like the Ramwick and Corf and, um, and Rose Hill Guineas later in the carnival. And as I said, I've, I've got a little bit of time for this filly down the bottom, uh, Macarena. She, um, she's probably going to have a big say in a race like the Surround Stakes in three weeks' time, um, which is a 1,400 metres uh, Phillies race. So I want to keep an eye on her, um, you know, having it with one eye on that race to see what she does here. But yeah, as I said, this is a cracking race. I think Celestial Legend though represents great value and I'm going to make him the play in the Eskimo Prince at around the $7 mark. All right. So it is race six. Number six, what about the Millennium, which is the seventh? $2 million in price. Yeah, rate. it's funny. Like back in the day, you'd have Cox Plates, $2 million, you know, Caulfield <laughs> Cups. And now there's a, you know, just English Millennium early in Feb for the Tyrells worth $2 million. Crazy money. But um, good luck to them. It's a really Absolutely. interesting race. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting race. I thought they're going to go like last week's pay here with a lot of the speed runners drawn out wide. Um, and I think the favourites just come up ridiculously short here, fully lit from the Waterhouse Bot Stable. A little bit of the you know factor in the price might just be how good their horses or their two-year-olds are going. But he's probably going to start from gate 15 here. And as I said, with a stack of speed inside him, I'm expecting him... I mean, on debut, he um, he began sort of with them, but he didn't, didn't exactly spring out of the gates and he had to muster to find the lead. So, yeah, from gate 15 with some sharp two-year-olds inside him here, I think he's going to be caught three wide on the speed. And obviously, it's going to be tough work from there. Um yeah, I just think he's taking up way too much of the market percentage at $3.30. So I'm happy to take him on and look for some value in uh, Rue de Royale from the Tony and Calvin McAvoy yard. Um, he was a little bit green on debut. He didn't really look that comfortable around the tight Muni Valley circuit. But when he got balanced up in the straight that last 100 metres, he did pick up and work to the line nicely. 
He then went to Rose Hill for the Golden Gift, which is another one of these rich two-year-old races, and um, he found all sorts of trouble in the straight, uh, in the run, sorry. And he, he only got daylight the last 150 metres. But when he did, he, he savaged the line to run second to Shangri-La Express. So I reckon if Shangri-La Express was in this race, he'd be a, you know, a $2 chance. So I'm happy to trust that that's the right form line. And uh, yeah, it's $7. Happy to, happy to look at playing him. I'm just also hoping with him from gate 10 that it, it gives him a bit more room and he can just camp off this hot speed and, and hopefully blend in the race out wide on the turn and, and be hard to hold out. So yeah, I think he's the way to go from you know that, that value perspective. Um, the other one that I, I, I want to mention here, which I'm just trying to get my head around the price, is uh, is Beer Baron, one for the Simpsons fans out there. Um, he, he was he was absolutely unwanted in betting on Dubu in the English nursery, but he, um, he began well but got caught three and four wide without cover midfield. Um, but despite that, he, he just he loomed up to him in the straight and sprinted away and looked home for all money, but was gunned down by Otterson in the last you know 50 metres as, as that tough run just told. He meets Otterson here again, who's a $4.60 chance. And as I say, I just can't work out the price discrepancy between them. Um, there was absolutely, you know, there was nothing between them in the... Um, in the English nursery, and and you could argue that the beer baron was probably the better performance, given that um, Otterson had his back in the run and was able to track him into the race. So, yeah, I, I mean that English nursery run may have been a fluke from beer baron, but I think at twenty six dollars, um, you're entitled to have a few dollars each way on 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 him to find out and and, yeah, and see what um, see what he's got. So, yeah, let's make the main bet uh, in the race, Rue de Royale from the um, from the McAvoy yard, but. Yeah, I've got to have something small each way on Beer Baron at, at $26. I um, I think he's a big price from the inside gate. All right, we can save on him. What was the Beer Rex Banner, wasn't it? Yeah, that was it. That's it. <laughs> I'll find you, Beer Baron. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't. Anyway, that's a whole other <laughs> great episode. If you want to do something, look up the Simpsons, the, the, uh, the Beer Baron episode and have something on have something on Beer Baron. But yeah, one for the yeah. heads there for sure. So we'll have to... <laughs> Love we'll to have something on, on that one as well. All right, so that's a look at uh, at racing in uh, in Sydney. Let's let's head across to Melbourne. It's a great day of racing for Melbourne as well. Of course, we've got a number of feature races headlined, of course, by the Group One or Stakes, which attracts a fair bit of interest. But I tell you what, there's arguably, as I say, the race of the day is the Rubiton Stakes over 1,100 metres of Group Two. It's race eight on the program, so a really good lineup assembled here. And again. A few resuming, of course, which creates that little bit of extra interest, and a few others that that, that obviously are in form at the moment. So um, you put all that together, and I think it'll be a pretty interesting edition of the uh, the Rubiton this year. Yeah, it is. It's um, you've sort of you've got the class there with um, Asfura, uh, Zapateo, horses like that, and then like an up and comer with uh, uh, like Ray Magnuria, who's who's done a great job through the um, through the summer months there, stringing plenty of wins together. So. I do think this this does look a race the race for Asfora. Um, she she looks the banker of the day um, for mine in the Rubicon Stakes. We've we've looked for a bit of value in Sydney, but yeah, we're gonna throw chips in here on on Asfora in the Rubicon Stakes in Melbourne. She's just an elite sprinter. She chased home Imperatrice in the Moyer Stakes three starts back, and then produced a scintillating performance over this track and distance to win the Scalacci Stakes. And then she took on some of the best sprinters in the country down the Flemington Strait in the VRC Classic, and um, she just didn't look comfortable at all down the straight. I think she's much better around a turn and, and returns to her favourite track on Saturday in Caulfield. So, 
Yeah, I, I think she's the one to beat. She's got a great um, great draw there from Barrier 6. Mitchell Aiken, the jockey, knows her very well, and um, her first-up stats are just a lethal. So I think, um, yeah, throw in the fact that it's a set weights and penalties race, and she gets in you know, beautifully at the weights. Um, $2.30 looks a, a more than acceptable price for me, and yeah, I'm happy to make her the banker of the day. If you are looking for a little bit of value in the race, um, maybe Kellogg can provide that for you. He came up. He's come up really big odds here for a horse that's um, got a 33% win strike rate and, and a great fresh record. He didn't have that much luck in his last start either, or his only start um, in the spring, which was behind Aspura in the group in a Group Three race. Um, and he trialed really well. At, he's trialed really well in Sydney uh, in preparation for this first up run. So I suppose you're getting the you know 18, 19 dollars about him because he's drawn off the track and he's going to need a bit of luck. But um, yeah, with Blake Shin on the saddle, he could he could win on anything at the moment. Um, I think he's probably worth a peanut each way at, at around that 18 dollar mark for sure to see if he gets a bit of luck, because if he does, I think he could definitely um, finish in the money. So, yeah, maybe a, a little one by three, you know, one the win, three to play sort of proposition there, Kalos, but I think as far as the one in the Rubiton Stakes, she um, she looks a class above them and probably, you know, hopefully wins this and goes on and take on some of the big group one sprints in, sprints in, the, uh, in the autumn. All right, so that's a look there. So you probably answered my next question, as far as the best. Yeah, she's the best. Um, you know, no prizes for for um, you know making a two dollar thirty chance your, your best of um, best of the weekend. But I, I really, I think this um, celestial legend in the Eskimo Prince. I'm really excited to see what he can do. I, I think he's going to be a top line three year old. So um, he's probably the next best. All right, so we'll roll that way. So make the uh, the best, of course, there being Asfur, and then next best, or even you know, as I said, you can back celestial legend on each way basis as well. So um, so that's those we can put up for that. All right, so that's a look at your selections there with thanks to Mediality Racing and you can jump on to the website and learn more about Mediality Racing. It's medialityracing.com.au. Yeah, that's it for all your, your horse racing data needs. Um, we can service you, so jump on the website, um, flick us an email or give us a call and um, yeah, have a chat and find out more. All right, so there we go. So, Jack, thanks for joining us on the program. Look forward to doing it again next week, but hopefully we'll help the punters find a few winners. Yep, thanks for that, James. Good luck on the weekend. Mediality Racing, Australia's leader in thoroughbred racing data, provides state-of-the-art thoroughbred data services and solutions to all sections of the thoroughbred industry, including trainers, owners, breeders, punters, form guide providers, and wagering operators. Get in touch today at medialityracing.com.au to learn more. That's medialityracing.com.au.